Hey guys, welcome back to the Two Cents Podcast. This is Yossi Manchushan. Thank you for joining us today. We are going through a little bit of an uncomfortable one today. The best questions ever. Now, obviously, these are not the best questions ever. These are just the questions that, well, if we're being honest, these are the questions Ari and I found about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> but still, some awesome questions. Really, what we wanted to do in this episode was go through the idea of questions. Go through the concept of questions, question asking, um, what it's like to answer questions, the responsibility of answering questions. And we really go through some beautiful points, I feel, if I may say so myself, about what it means to have a question, to live with a question, and get to the answer in a very specific way. I don't want to spoil too much over here. Go ahead and listen to the episode. You'll see what I'm talking about. Before we turn off, I just want to give a big shout out and welcome to Yad Lachem, who, well, the people Yad Lachem go out and help. The question is, am I going to make it till tomorrow? Am I going to make it at all? Yad Lachem swoops in and saves the day. We're going to hear more about that later on in this episode when we speak to Yad Lachem. For now, enjoy the episode, guys. Hi, everybody. This is Ari Ben-Shushan. And this is Yassi Ben-Shushan. And this is the Two Cents Podcast. Brought to you and powered by Meaningful Minute. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are back with the Two Cents Podcast. Um, this is Ari Ben-Shushan. That. This is Yassi Ben-Shushan. And apparently Dr. Seuss is uh, directing this episode. Yeah, because. <laughs> <laughs> I am Pat. There we go. Um, and we're, we're, in the, we're doing this. So, yes, this is like a thing. You know, um, we're. I yeah. guess we're doing a podcast. We have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I know we said this on the first one, but I'm still shocked. I I am still genuinely shocked. I I I'm also. And by the way, we should do a podcast on. I, I, we've both definitely thought about this. We just don't know what to call the podcast. So I'm not going to say the word that's in my head right now because it's a stupid word. It's a bad word. So I, I don't like the word. But like on. People actually listening to our stuff, you know, what, what, you know, that because, uh, okay, you live in LA, you're in a, a little bit of a bigger city, you know, where I live in Cleveland, I, I, it's a lot smaller of a community and town. And I know most of the people or a lot of the people that are around me and everything and we're neighbors and we're, so like no one, you know, people know me before they know, I mean, people know me as their neighbor before they know it. But when I go to like other places and other communities and other things, like I'll have random people just coming up to me like, what's with season two? And I'm like. Did Nachi send you? <laughs> Can I have my pizza in peace? Why, Nachi? Yeah, see, like, you know, it's just LA. Like, I don't think anybody listens to this. I <laughs> so I'm saying in Cleveland, no one cares. By the way, you know, like, no maybe, one cares. It's awesome. Like maybe I'll get an email or two, like from some people. But you know what? I, I shouldn't say that. There was some people who came up to me and say, um, "Hey, what's going on with season two? And I think. Maybe they just saw an Apple podcast that just says season one. Meaning, like in my mind, I don't even think that that, that they're listening. So, like, we live in... They just wanted the hawk to why you got canceled right. for season two. So, like, we, we, we live in places that, uh, Baruch Hashem, um, I don't know, maybe people are listening. You know, I'm not, no, we shouldn't say... Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you. Okay. People it's been are, a great crowd, guys. People are. They just, they know you. They know you differently. <laughs> know. They know you as their neighbor. So, it's a different thing. And I guess we're but, talking about um, this. I had so many people come up to me, and that's the only way that it became real to me. The way it became real to me was, was that, we, that we have a podcast was that. I know people are like, why is it such a big deal that you have a podcast? And it's because 
this this is the biggest shock to us. Like doing a share that is just me or you on a video somewhere on a wedding call. We could we could always pawn that off as like whatever. This is like it means like people are actually listening, and we're like, what? <laughs> you know. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's you know it's interesting. Yeah, I yeah. know it's 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 happening. And the reason why we're talking about this right now that we're surprised about the podcast is because we're talking about listeners. Like we're going to talk now about emails that we've gotten, emails that we've received um, over the past year or so. Um, different things. Some of them are a little bit. Um, uh, yes, I I got an uncomfortable one that I'm going to start off with. Come right out of the uh, corner swinging. You're going you're going right out of the gate. Uncomfortable. Right out of the gate, uncomfortable because. Okay, let's just hang on a second. Let's just let's set groundwork okay. over here. Ground rules. We're not doing the first part of any any email. Like that first part that's I listened to all your da 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 da. da. We're just skipping to the yeah, question. Yeah, we're skip the okay, question. because I'm not right. gonna read the first part of this one. Right. The reason why I read this right. one yeah. is not because it starts out saying, Hi, I listened to your brother Yossi and yourself, and thank you for being the one to hold most of the weight and do the heavy lifting in your podcast. <laughs> Fact is, Yasi Ben should thank God every day that he is your younger brother, and that he has somebody like you to look up to and to join. I, you do know, you do know, you could just write notes in your phone, Ari. You don't have to send yourself emails. <laughs> you know, it's 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 just you know it's weird, and and I realize you know, um, Baruch Hashem. No, no, obviously that, that that's, that's not what was written. So um, let's get into this now. Hi, Rabbi Ben My name is. And I am years old. <laughs> We're not going to give any of that. I have a few questions I can't ask anyone else. Now, um, the reason why I read that part is because we do get a lot of those questions. And first off, I right. think you'll be surprised how many people you could ask these questions. <laughs> I don't meaning. No, no, no. no, no. I'm is. not yeah. saying. No, I, by the way, both Yossi and I, we're very honored when people send us questions that certainly start off like we don't feel like we can ask anyone else. Then that means that we do feel a certain kind of a connection to you. And thank you for that. But you have people out there. There are teachers and there are people who, although you may feel that they're the Wicked Witch of the West and that they're just, um, hello, my pretty, right? Like they're going to be oh, evil. Yeah. They're not. They're actually amazing people that I'm telling you, you could go ahead and talk to. But okay, um, I'm going to take this to mean because when you hear the question, I think you'll understand that, that this one in particular, I can't ask anyone else because this is a pretty heavy question that people may go and take this the wrong way. I keep hearing how suicide is a terrible sin. Um. Is it true that if someone commits suicide, that they automatically are going to Gehenam, that it's non-negotiable? Why is it a oh boy. right uh, heavy? Why is it a sin if someone has such a terrible hard life and all they want to do is just be with Hashem, because they have no one else in this world that understands them? Why is it a sin to just want to be with your father and not want to deal with life or anything else? If someone doesn't want to cause pain to their family by killing themselves, God forbid. How about praying to get sick? Is that viewed as the same sin as suicide? Thank you for your time. Now, I read this one because, and to be honest, I mean, maybe I should have reached out to the person who sent it to ask them, but of course we're not going to say names. So I just want to say that if you're the one who sent this email, I know I didn't respond to you yet. Because the moment I saw this, I, 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 I take these, like Yossi does, I take these emails very, very seriously. And, yeah. and, and no, also, also, I just realized I just realized a major negative of us doing this. Uh, I got the same email. Really? Huh? So, yeah. So after you didn't answer, they sent it to me. Yes, that, I, I, <laughs> I think it was the other way probably around. Probably would happen. But I did answer. Oh, you did. I did oh, answer. Okay. But go ahead. So I'm, I'll tell you so what I answered. That I yeah, didn't okay. answer this. This only came to me about a week ago, so it's not like a. 
And the reason why is because I wanted to really share this. I'm, I'm going to send my own answer. Um, number one, a lot of emails come in every single day. Some of them are easy to answer and some of them take a lot more thought. Some of these emails, yes, I don't sleep at night. Some of these emails, they, they really keep me yeah. up. Some of these emails put me in moods. Um, this one in particular, though, I felt is, I felt I got this email from a lot of people in Kalal Yisrael. I felt like I got this email from more than just one person. Um, because unfortunately, you yeah. know, I did, uh, by the way, I did. So I, I've gotten up. the same exact question so, uh, uh, a lot. So, so unfortunately, I, you know, I felt like this is something that will address to a lot of different people. So yes, let's, uh, let's take it apart. Um, yeah. So I don't want to address the first part, meaning that it's a terrible sin. Does that mean you automatically go okay. to Gehenam? You know, things, things along those lines. The way I, I like to talk about it is that Hashem is a just God. Um, and that justice is filled with very many different aspects and areas of which right. I don't know, of which I don't think anybody can possibly really know. I don't. I have a rule that I don't discuss suicide. I just don't. I don't. I had a girl came up to me by a Shabbaton, and she said to me, um, isn't it true that like if someone commits suicide, it's not that they're going ahead of them because clearly they were sick, and they, I don't. My 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 response immediately is, it's not that I don't know or do know or or keeping something from you or not keeping some, something from you. This is way too dangerous a territory to discuss with any person I don't know. If I know you, that's one thing. But if I don't know you, I'm not having. There's very few conversations I'm not having with a person. That's one uh, of them. You want to talk about why to live? There I'm we here. go. That's the next part. You want to talk about? You want to talk about the? Depth of like how you feel about suicide. I'm here. You want to talk about though how Hashem's going to react to you after? <laughs> like how? I'm sorry, that conversation is not right. happening. Not with right. me. Right. And so that's why I just want to skip over that first part and to just leave that part. You know, we're right. allowed to not answer. We're allowed to just say Hashem is a just right. God and just move on. But this is the part that really why because this part certainly intrigued me. Um, why is it a sin if someone has such a terrible hard life and all they want is to just be with Hashem because they have no one else in this world that understands them? Why is it a sin to just want to be with your father and not want to deal with life or anything else? So I, I'll start off the conversation. Yes, um, you know, the thing that's said by every single Kumsitz now in the world, um, if this isn't said by a Kumsitz, then we ask, you know, which Hersher is on this Kumsitz, because it's certainly not an OU yeah, or a Star yeah. K on this Kumsitz, because if it, this wasn't said, so then how could it be? Which is that every single Kumsitz today um, will have somebody say, with the person playing guitar in the background, saying that, and they will quote it from very many different places, Hashem had to keep the world going. Um, from the day that you were born, then you know that Hashem had to keep the world going just for you. That basically, and it's true, I mean, I'm not coming to knock it, but that this has become yeah. more of a discussion piece. That if Hashem put you into this world, it's yeah. because you have a reason. Hashem didn't make a mistake. It's not like Hashem was just yeah. like, uh-oh, one second. Did I leave this door open of these souls and they just went and crept <laughs> out when I wasn't looking and they yeah. just nosedive into earth? Oh, man. You know, that never happened. Yeah. Hashem made you with a reality. Now, you can have a lot of questions on that reality. You can have a very difficult reality. Nobody's right. saying that it's not a very difficult reality. But ultimately, Hashem put you into this world with a reason and with a purpose. And to deny that purpose by taking yourself out um, before that time is something in which 
Hashem is saying, no, 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 you're much more beautiful than that. You have so much more purpose. You have so much more reason. Yeah, I mean, these are challenges that I want you to get past. These are challenges that I want you to overcome. And ultimately, you will. But you have to believe that the way you're going to overcome them is by working. It's by investing. It's not by opting out. So, um, so you, you know, there, there, there's a lot here and there's a lot to unpack and there's a lot to... And what the way I responded was number one, what I said that I, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't uh, talk about this. Um, and and number two was that this isn't this isn't something not to be spoken about. You should talk to someone about this, like you were saying before. You should talk to someone about this, but it has to be someone who knows you, someone who you will get to know, someone who you trust, someone who you. So um, that all that having been said. A lot of times what I find is that people are living in a story. People are living or or lack thereof. They're really living with a story. So um, they have what they think should be happening and versus what is actually happening, what is actually going on. So they're telling themselves... Um, I should have a mother that is understanding. I should have a father that is wealthy. I don't know. I should have this. I should have this. I should have this. And when they don't is when these problems and they get to start saying my life is horrible. Now, I just upset a lot of people because all of them are going to say, really? Really? So I shouldn't have a mother who's not a narcissist? And I shouldn't have a father who isn't abusive? No, no. No, no, you're you're misunderstanding me. Yeah, you should have a mother who is a narcissist and you should have a father who is abusive. You know why? Because that's the reality of what's happening. Now, now, am I telling you to sit there getting abused? No, you need to do something about it. You need to do something about that. But the idea of I need to remove myself from this existence so that this existence ends is not a real option. That's not a real thing. The, the existence doesn't end. It continues. Who you are ends. And that's the only crime here, is that you're ending you. You're ending what you're supposed to be doing from this. You're ending the growth of who you are. I, I one time I heard a, a Navy SEAL speak, and he said he was involved in a uh, friendly fire accident that uh, a couple of Marines got killed in a friendly fire. He said, that's the worst. He said, it, it, God forbid to say that one person is worse. He said, but when someone dies in the, in, 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 on the battlefield, he said, you know, we call him a hero and he is a hero. When someone dies from friendly fire, it's like that could have been avoided. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't a risk we signed up for. That, that someone from his own team misfired or whatever it was. And that wasn't, he's like, it's a lot harder of a thing to swallow because we always tell ourselves a story that it could have been different. And that's really the, the, the enemy over there is that we're living with the, uh, with the concept that things should be different when they're not. And if they're not, that means there's something we're supposed to be learning, something we're supposed to be gaining, something there's a part of ourselves that we're becoming through that. So in reality, by living, thinking that things shouldn't be the way they are, you are committing suicide already because you're not becoming you. So then what are you? There's a certain spiritual and personality suicide that you're going through over there. So now, 
that that's basically you know you know how I, how I responded to that uh, to that Very end good. thing, which I think is yeah. similar to yours. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean. You know, there's, there's, once we're on this, I'm, most of our questions, I think most of your questions, most of my questions um, that aren't happening, you know, um, I guess in a question and answer situation is, uh, is, is through email. And I, uh, I, I get a lot of people very, very angry at me. You know, first of all, if you're a rabbi or a teacher or an educator or anything out there, you have to realize, don't hide behind this, but you have to realize there are some people out there who, um, and, and my heart goes out to them. I'm not making fun. I'm really, I'm not making fun of that, but can get unstable and, and, and they'll send you emails of crazy things. And if you're going to be a jumper on every 10 seconds of an email you get, get out of this line of work immediately. It, it you can't bring that home with you and you can't live with that. You know, that's not, um, so for instance, the one I'm going to go for over here was definitely not an email etiquette situation. If you email me a question, if you email anyone a question, if I email someone a question, I am saying to them, I want to know your advice. I want to know what you have to say about this thing. If you don't like their response, if you don't agree with their response, you move on. You move well, on. I mean, there, now, if there, I were you. Yes, they're allowed to disagree with you. They're allowed to go and. Uh... No, 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 no. I'm fine with them disagreeing. That's not my, you could totally go ahead and disagree. But what I'm saying is not the word of God. It's not, it's not like if you don't like what I have to say, that's okay. Either way, disagree. So you could disagree with it. You could do a follow-up question. I don't think there's a reason for this email, though. So um, I'm not going to say any, I'm not going to say, I mean, this is actually a nicer, a nicer disagreement that I've had because the other ones... I can't, I can't, I just, I have one here. Did it come up? Does it come up on my computer? I would have to look on my phone for that one. Yeah, uh, basically one saying, you know, um, it's easy to claim and pretend that you're nice on video and in articles when in reality you don't care about anybody. And I say that because you said that I might have this and this disorder and I should get therapy for it. And clearly you don't care or you never would have tried, like, it was just a lot, you know, and I feel bad for the person. I'm not, but I'm not going to. So th- there's a lot of that that happens. Um, but this person asked me a question. It is very clear. It's very, I'm not going to say the question. It, it gets a little too specific. And it's very difficult to avoid the uh, details here. But it gets very, 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 very clear, very quickly in this email. And not just because the first email sent was about three pages long, Was is that uh, the person needs to, be seeing someone needs to be seeing a therapist. Now there are two types of people. There are people who can gain from therapy and there are people who need therapy. You have to understand the difference between those two. Okay? A person who can gain from therapy should be going to therapy so that they can gain from therapy. Okay? Yeah, they can gain a lot from therapy. There's nothing embarrassing about that. There's nothing there's also nothing embarrassing about needing therapy, right? Now, a person who is on a specific diet might not need to lose weight, might not need might be in great health. But they would like to keep it that way. They'd like to even do better for their body. So they're going to go on a more restrictive or a more. And that's great. That's fine. Then there's a person who is severely overweight or and has diabetes and needs to be on a. It's not that one should be more embarrassed than the other. Both of them are taking their health seriously and that they should be proud of. Full stop. End of the story. We can have a whole 
uh, uh, episode later about about uh, the mental health field and and the like. This though was so I said to the person immediately realizing that because I responded something and then she sent back something that made me realize that no matter what I said, if I wasn't going to drive to wherever this person lives and sit there talking to them and and uh, uh, giving them a uh, an unhealthy amount of attention, it wasn't going to work. So I said to them, listen, I think, and I can suggest a few therapists, I think that you, uh, uh, you should really, uh, what you're discussing here is very deep. It's very deep-rooted. It's very deep-seated. This is something that you need to have a weekly meeting with somebody to really hash through. This was the response. I'm actually not surprised to hear that in 2021, therapy is just the word to throw around. Wherever I turn, whatever I read, everyone says I need to go to therapy. There is no such thing as plain, normal communication anymore. What about trust or common sense and a heart? No such thing to be found. Any stupid dunce who sat through a class can be a therapist. I don't wow. know what therapists have done to this person. <laughs> yeah, see, can, can I just say the picture in my a, mind right now? It's like a guy going with like a gunshot wound in the emergency room from like room to room, from doctor to doctor. And the doctor's like, you should get that bandaged up. Oh, another one. <laughs> Let's see. And he goes to the next room. You should get that exactly. bandaged up. Oh, okay. Yes. Does anybody have anything original yeah. to tell me? You know? I, I, yeah. yeah. I remember I, I, was having, I was having a meeting. I'll never forget this. Rabbi Katzenstein, who was uh, with me in Arts Yisrael. Uh, we, we were doing uh, uh, Rabbi Yisrael Katzenstein. We were doing uh, Yisod together. We had this mother come in, and clearly she wasn't a, a healthy person um, emotionally and mentally. And um, she was saying all these things about her son. And her son I've been a sweet kid that we both liked a lot. And, and she said, and I asked this one, and I brought him to this one. I asked this one. I asked this one. I asked this one. And she's going on and on and on and on. And Rabbi Katzenstein, you know, I was a lot younger then. Rabbi Katzenstein was definitely taking the lead, and he was definitely the senior uh, Rebbe involved over there. He said, Mrs. Blank. I'm going to stop you right there. Before we continue, you need, you need to go to a therapist, discuss these things, and then we can either talk to that therapist or talk to you about what happened over there because this is not a one-sided thing. It can't work like this. And she goes, nah, a person, nah, another one that says that I need to be the one in therapy. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, another, if that many people are telling you that, then yes, the odds are you need that, and and you should go you should go forward with that. Uh, what the stigma is what is what we're worried about. So this one goes in. Uh, she continues again. Uh, I think it's a she. It's a it's a uh, it's not a name, so I don't know. But um, if you can't answer me, that's okay. Probably no one can, and that's perfectly fine. I ain't gonna waste my time. This nice. is how it's written. I ain't gonna waste my time. My time trying to talk and talk and talk. A lot of A's because therapy is never is a never ending thing. It's just a money making business. I'd rather have my psyche stay intact. Thank you very much. Thanks for allowing me to voice my concern to you. That this is how they end. Like they, um, I guess I will beg Hashem to grant me knowledge because no one else is here to. Uh, okay. So yes, I mean all I, all together, you know that's somebody of an extreme. But just to let everybody know right. that. You know, extremes in life, when it comes to these type of things, it's really too much. It's, it's, it's just really beyond the scope of what an email could possibly be. So it's interesting you bring this up because emails are something that maybe sometimes is just 
beyond. You know, maybe it's something beyond something that we can handle. So when you go to an email, so you're asking for something, you're asking for advice. So um, we can try to give as much advice as we could. But ultimately, though, A, either accept it, B, recognize that certain things are just too beyond. It's just, it takes up so much time. It takes up so, so much headspace. And we're going to take a quick break right now to sit down and completely feel small. Right now, we're discussing the whole idea of, you know, we're just we're complaining. Yeah, Yeah. we're complaining about the craziest questions and how deep they were and how, you know, the crisis management that we have to do. The crisis management we have to do from our living rooms, where Yad Lachem of Gans is probably laughing to himself right now of the things we're complaining about. Rav Gans, welcome back. Uh, it's actually funny you mentioned that because literally today, it's I can't discuss it publicly. I was personally dealing with a case. It's a case people know about, but I'm literally still shattered. I heard a story today. We, we did a, a Zoom call with a woman who was probably going to speak at, at other events. And she described the horror. She went, I, I can't begin to tell you. You're talking about stabbed and, and bleeding all over and taking to the hospital. I'm still shaken from it. So, yeah, the, the troubles that people face sometimes in their life through Yad Lach, that, in there, that are in Yad Lach and that we help is unimaginable. Unimaginable, but unfortunately the reality. And with your guys' help and the people watching help, you help bring a little life to it, a little savior, a little something that can make them feel somewhat loved, someone cared for, and that someone actually cares about them. So the save in saveaworld.org is legitimately save. Like the, these people might not, I don't want to say it, but might not make it without Yad Lachem interfering. I'm not just saying them living in a weird place for the rest of their life or living as prisoners. We're talking about actual life and death. Yeah. And, you know, yes, I, I just got this picture in my mind. I got a picture where somebody's like has that little moment. They can call for help. They can call Yad Lachem for help. And the person in Yad Lachem is busy trying to fundraise. They're busy trying to run around with something. The call is missed or, or, or there's time spent on anything less important than right. answering that call for help. Our right. podcast can be the ones to make sure that they're in their seat ready and waiting to answer that call for help. So let's go to saveaworld.org. Let's donate everything that we can so that when the call for help comes, Yad La'achem is there yet again to save a world. You know, Ari, I want to mention because you talked about technology. I'll tell you the story that I heard literally two hours ago. The woman told me that she had, this is the story. She had a little time to to escape and she had the internet, access to the internet. She literally Googled, how do I escape my situation? She came across an ad wow. Yad Lachem. She called them up at 1 a.m. She said this. At 8 a.m. she was already speaking to a social worker. That day. And she said wow. that if nobody helps me, what's going to be? How am I going to go back? And she's Baruch Hashem saved now and she's better. This is the same story I told you a second ago with the, with the stabbing. But that's mamish what happened. She found an Ooh. ad online through the social media presence. And by 8 o'clock, we're already helping her. So that guys, is, come on. My sir, Sadaka. A wedding money, my sir. Come on. We got this. We got this. Let's save a world together. Saveaworld.org. Reb Nassanel, it's always a big schuss. Thank you and so much. And now back to our awesome episode. I would like to jump to an easier e- email if we could, yes? Like a nicer email just yeah. to Go line it. things up a little bit. Go for it. I was looking for it. Go for it. I have nicer ones. Yeah, I, I just I was, That one I've been wanting to get was, out there for I, a long time. I Go was ahead. looking for it as, as, as we were um, as we were. Speaking, I couldn't find it, but it was when Abba and Mommy were here by my house for the bar mitzvah. And somebody had sent an email basically asking, 
Um, like what you said in a previous uh, podcast, we had like, oh, what did your parents do? You're, you know, the brothers are all speakers, etc. So I'm like, Abba, do you see this? I get this all the time with the people calling and asking about, like, what do I tell him, Abba? He's like, what do you mean? You tell him the truth. I'm like, okay, uh, what? He's like, you're talking about the Chavetz Chaim's daughter. I said, I, I, I what? Abba, no, it's funny how Abba drops like these different stories. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, did yeah. you even know the story until like a month ago? I no, no right? No. I didn't know either. By the way, yeah. No. So, um, so here's a story. Um, my, my father, my, my mother, my parents, um, they were married for a good few years, at least five years, uh, six years. They could not have children. Now you have to understand that my father was a Ben Bias by Rev Zaks. Um, uh, this is the son-in-law of the Chafetz Chaim, um, and he was. Um, from the years of my father was in the Mir Yeshiva in Brooklyn, New York, that he went from Morocco as a child uh, at the age of 13 or 14 over to the Mir Yeshiva. So there's certain people who would help the Moroccan boys and, Re- and Rev Zaks was, was, was one of them. And so my father was been biased by that house all that time, all those years. After my father got married, they couldn't have kids. My father was once taking the train, randomly just taking the train in New York. And he sees... Rebbitz and Zaks, the Chavetz Chaim's daughter, he sees Rebbitz and Zaks there on the train. And she says, New Reb Yitzchak, how's life? He said, Good. And what's going on? You, the Rebbitzin, with kids. I loved it back then where you can just ask these questions because you know that she yeah. actually cared. Yeah. She wasn't just trying to gossip. And he's like, yeah. No, it's, it's, it, yeah, we're trying. It's difficult to doctors, this and that. She said, Reb Yitzchak, you should know I daven for you and your wife all the time to have kids and they should be, tell me they chachamim and give you nachas. So he said, Ari, the answer to everybody simply is the Chavetz Chaim's daughter, Davin for you. So what do you expect? No matter how badly mommy and I could mess up. Right. <laughs> you know, you That's had it. the tefillah. And, and by the way, by the way, he believes yeah, Abba that. Abba believes that completely fully. wholeheartedly. You know, I, just yeah. to tell everybody, you know, when my father visited Eretz Yisrael one time, um, when I was by Rev Berkowitz's kolos, I said, Abba, why don't you come to Rev Berkowitz and why don't you um, sit down through a share? You know, with us over there by Rev Berkowitz. Rev Berkowitz gives beautiful shurim. Come sit down. He said to me, Ari, no, no, no. My father's trying to kind of avoid the whole situation. I'm like, Abba, why? He said, Ari, because, you know, Avi was there. My older brother, Avi, you're there. Yasi's there. Rafal, our brother-in-law is there. And you guys, you know, the guys like you and everything else. You know, they look up to you. He said, if I show up, they'll be like, what, this is your father? You know, they'll get let down. You know, I don't want to let you wow. guys down. I'm like, Abba, come on. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know, so Abba genuinely believe that uh, that uh, that's what it was. But it's interesting. You know, that was the email. That was the answer to going to give. Right. I, I want to say one more thing. I'm going to say a question that wasn't an email. I say a question that was asked by a kid in class. I'm not going to give the full on answer, but the question came like this, and I'm bringing it up for a reason. The question was, um, I actually brought up a story about. I asked the guys, what are the three times historically inside the Torah that the limbs of people grew in an unnatural way? Uh, the famous one is Batya, right. the daughter of Paro, her arm elongated. The other one that people may not know is the Gemara in Barachot over there in the ninth parak of the teeth of Ogmel Chabashan got elongated and went into the mountain. And then the other one that people may know is the spies, or are the spies, the Miraglim, that the Torah tells us that their tongues got elongated and that worms came out of their mouth, went down their tongues, went into their belly buttons, and um, that was their punishment. One very quiet kid in my class asked me a question. I want to say this question. He was like, okay, enough. 
<laughs> I could see he mamish had enough. He's in 12th grade. He's like, all right, I'm done. I'm like, he got to that moment. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm like, explain. He's like, you know, Rabbi, I like you, you know, and I can only probably feel like I can say this to you because I see that you just let everybody walk all over you. So I'll walk over you too. So please, by all means, said, um, I don't believe it. I just, I don't believe that that makes any sense Great question. whatsoever. Yeah. Hashem went, he made their tongues long, he had worms. Where'd the worms come from? Why the long tongue? You know, just going down to their belly buttons. He's like, yeah, you're going to tell me it's a medrash. So what? So it's a medrash. So other rabbis made this up and they thought to themselves, he's like, what does that even mean? Now, Yes, we don't have enough time today in the podcast to go through it. There's a beautiful morale on that piece. It took me 10 minutes to explain it. Baruch Hashem, the kid had the patience, and everybody else had the patience. And I went through this morale to explain what a tongue is, what worms are, what a belly button is. You know, and I went through the right. whole concept of this beautiful piece of Gorari, if anybody wants to see it, over there by the Parsha Maraglim. And at the end, there was a relief on the kid's face and off his shoulders. And he said to me, thank you so much for giving me that answer. He's like, you just kind of rejuvenated my belief in God himself. Meaning, I've heard all of these. Wow. Yeah, it was a one of, for me, it was mamish a moment. Today, we, we had PTA today uh, with the parents on Zoom. And I told the mother, I said, you're, I've never had a student make me feel as good as your, as your son did just the other day. Uh, and the reason why is because I want to let everybody know who's asking questions. Tyra is real. We have answers to the questions. They are out there. If you ask the question to very many people and you never got a response that you liked, it doesn't mean that there is no answer to your question. It means one of two things. The one that Yossi's thinking in his brain right now, Yossi loves this one. I'm going to steal it from Yossi and say it. Yossi's gonna, he's Go thinking it. right now, the reason why you never got a good answer is because you just like asking that question. <laughs> right, yeah? Yeah. That's the truth. <laughs> That's the truth. You love that question. You just question. love asking it. It's the... Go ahead. I'll I'll go after you. Yeah, you know in that, and y'all see, I've had these students throughout Israel throughout all the years. Oi, Rabbi, can I ask a question, please? Yeah. Why is it yeah. that Hashem yeah. allows for suffering? And the kid thinks he just had the greatest like mic drop that nobody's ever thought of it before. And you give him four different ways to answer it, and the kid's like, okay. And y'all see what happens the next class. You walk by the next class. You're walking by the next class and you hear him asking the same question to a different Rebbe. Just and with the same with the same gusto, with the same mic drop moment. Now, you all may say... It's just, it's dishonest. I just don't like it. Now, you all may say, okay, Ben Shushans, get over it. So he asked the same question. And the answer is because, I don't know, like if you just got off a plane and you ask somebody, hi, I just got off an LL flight, which place is the luggage coming out from for LL? And they tell you it's coming out from luggage belt six. If you trusted the person enough, you're not going to ask 12 more people who work in the airport. You're just going to go to luggage right. belt six. You got your answer. Right. If you didn't trust right. the person, so then you'll go up to another worker and ask them as well. So what I felt like right. when the guy goes up, I was like, I'm telling you, I gave all you wanted to do was just ask your question because you don't want it answered. Because you, it's funny, I always get upset because I'm like, now you're just wasting everyone's time. Also, that's all you want to do. So you want to you you want to keep. You know what it is to me. I, I was I wasn't going to interject, but I'm going to tell you. You know what it is <laughs> yes, to me. Please, let's hear it. What it is 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 is, is, is that study, the study of the uh, the people who are told 
by accident that they uh, they were misdiagnosed with a terminal illness and they were told that they only have a certain amount of time to live. Then they were told they were called back and said that uh, it was a mistake, misdiagnosis, and then for a long time. If they believed, according to this study, if they were believed, if they believed that they were going to be terminally ill, that they were terminally ill and they were going to die within X amount of time, for X amount of time they believed that, when they're called back and told, according to the study, when they're called back and told that they're healthy and have and they're fine and everything the most common reaction to the news that they are healthy was depression it was not joy it was not relief it was depression wow. the reason being when we so believe ourselves to be something when a person god forbid gets told that they are terminally ill and are going to die soon very soon that's what they are now that is their entire identity they eat breathe sleep that is who they are when you take that away from them, you're not replacing it with anything. You just removed the essence of who they are. The void gets filled with depression always. It doesn't get filled with anything else. When these kids or when a person, when an adult even, comes in with this amazing thing that he feels is the Einfall to the whole, and he walks in with it, and you take it away too fast, you're not leaving him with anything. He he. He just gets left with depression to the point that he has the memento situation, oh, and he just forgets what you said because he has. He to. has because of because not, the other have, the other choice is depression. Very good. Rabbi Kornblau told ah. me this. Rabbi Kornblau told me this back in the day. Nightfall. But I had I had a situation like this. I had a situation like this where an older guy, an older guy, comes up to me and he had two things he wanted to say. He felt he was the atheist of atheists, and this guy wanted to tell me two things. Now I'm not the big atheist debater, right? But fine. I mean, whatever. It was my job in in Yeso, but I'm saying there wasn't like so. He comes up to me and he says, uh, he says, um, he says, you know, all the wars in the world has happened because of religion. You still believe that that religion is the way for peace? I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not happened because of greed, power, money, land, uh, anger, jealousy, uh, any of those reasons. It was all because of God. That's that's the reason. And he's sitting there, he's like, oh, oh. I'm like, oil. I'm like, gas. You still drive a car? Like, what, what, what does that mean? He's like, oh. He's like, but if God, and I couldn't, this guy was in his 50s. Wow. And he was asking me, he was about to drop for me the same question that my 17 year olds walk in with. He goes, but if there's a God, then how come he murders children? I'm like, really? You're fifth, really? This is the one, you can't, you can't fathom that you have children of your own. You can't fathom the answer to this one. I'm like, so what if there is a God? He just likes murdering children. He's like, okay. I'm like, you just went from being an atheist <laughs> to completely agreeing that there is a God just so long as he's not a good person. Just so long as he's mean and likes murdering children. You're, you're like, yes, you don't believe so, that there's a God. You don't believe that. So you, I, 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 I want to use this opportunity for one thing. You know, see, and, and I think that this is going to be the most crucial thing that I say in my entire podcast career of a season and a half. <laughs> I I really do think... Hang on a second. Let me give you right? a minute. Go. Because, no, because, because of what you just said. The opener, the, the Hatchala, the opener of the preface of the Ramchal and Darach Hashem. He says these words and he explains this. And please, everybody, I just had students here on Friday night. I had one student that everybody was like, all right, ask Rabbi Ben Shushan your questions. Go ahead. And everyone's like so excited. He's going to ask. He asked about seven questions, one after the other. They were good questions. They were very good questions. I just smiled and I said to him, can I get my Derech Hashem out? And I was like, oh, I get out. I didn't answer any of the questions. I just opened up the front page and I read to him the opener and it goes like this. 
when somebody knows a subject with clarity from beginning to end, he has a certain kind of a feeling of fulfillment and clarity. Much like, says the Ramchal, when you walk into a garden that has rows and that everything is planted beautifully one according to the other, as opposed to when you know a lot of things, when you have a lot of information, but you don't have any kind of a beginning or an end, any kind of understanding where stuff go, then it's like walking into the thicket of a garden that's growing wild, where it just seems like it's full of chaos and that there's no order to anything. Says the Ramchal, I wrote the book, The Derech Hashem, because so many people get so frustrated because they're brought up in a religious environment where they know a lot of different things, but they have no idea how those things fit with each other. And they try and they get frustrated and they fail. Said, I wrote this book to start you from the beginning so that you can get clarity, so that you can have an understanding where everything fits in such a perfect, uniform way, so that when you go through my book, you'll be done with all your questions, because in truth, you already had the information, you just didn't know where to put it all. So I said to the kid, your questions tell me that all you have is a confused thicket of things. And if only you had an initial understanding of certain uniform concepts that Judaism and most other religions actually agree to and believe in, so then your other questions would never start. Your questions would almost even be answers if only you had it in a uniform way. I think that in this particular discussion that you and I are having, which is questions that are asked us through emails, we have to let everybody know it's not that we're smarter. I mean, Hashem help us if it's the Benchushans that are smarter. We are not smarter. <laughs> what it simply is, is that, at least for me, I sat down with Adara Hashem and I took it from the beginning and I learned through it. And yes, I think over 90% of the questions that has to do with Judaism, it's answered in the Adara Hashem. If anybody's interested, instead yeah. of emailing me, save your time, go on TorahAnytime.com. I have about 12 or 15 yeah. Shurman Adara Hashem Take it from the beginning, invest in an English Derech Hashem, and go through it, and so many things will fall in line, and clarity will ensue from that. There's so much that people believe that they already know, and the answer is you do know it. You just know it in a disorder, in a disarray, in a confusion. And inside that confusion, it leaves you with doubt and frustration. If only people would be able to set it up in the correct fashion. Hey guys, I hope you're loving these episodes. I hope you're loving the podcast. Thank you so much for all your feedback. Thank you so much for everything that you guys are doing for us to be able to keep going. If you love these episodes, if you love the podcast, please download the Meaningful Minute app. It has so much bonus material, so many uh, behind the scenes, so much uh, added material, all these uh, all these awesome things that they added to the podcast and the podcast page on the Meaningful Minute app. So go to any app store, your app store, the Play Store, or any of the other store stores that you download an app from. Get the Meaningful Minute app. Hope to see you guys over there. I can't agree more. I, I The way I answer anything is never... I, the way I do anything, I don't know. The way I speak is never mine. I, I never, very rarely is it my thing, right? It's what I got from Rebbe. It's what I got from my other Rebbeim. It's what I, you know, I got from my parents. It's what I got from, but in general, you know, when 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 you're getting, um, when you're getting questions of that nature, you know, most of the questions that I have over here are not of that nature. When you're getting questions of that nature, um, my answer is, my answer is I'm not, I'm a, so someone time sent me what about this measure that says this and i said you're right first of all i have not been as last week i have not been i misquoted something so he, he have not been right 
but still i was like uh i was like the the fact of the matter is if you really have a question about that because he asked a follow-up like if you really have a question about that you learn go to that's the point the point is not to have all the answers it's to really, really understand your questions and, and really value them. And I tell this to my students here all the time. I'm like, if you get a question, you got to realize the difference in a mind here. If you have a question, even on Fromkite, even on philosophy, even on, that no one can answer, that's not the proof that there's no God or that this isn't real. That's the proof that you need to exist right now because you're the guy. You're the guy. You're the Arya Kaplan. You're the guy who's going to go out and systemize that answer. Or you're for the us. Dr. Gerald Schroeder who wrote the book on Age of the yeah. Universe. And, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. You're the one who's going to go and find out the answer to that now. That's not, mystery doesn't make it that there is no existence. Mystery makes it that I have a job now to figure it out. Now, but when people have a question, they only take it one of two ways. It's either now I have my excuse or now I have my mission. Those are, those are your, your only two options with the question. Now I have my excuse to, I, now I don't have to do anything because I don't understand this. And, and we sit back and it should be explained to me. Or now you have your mission. If you have a connection, if you have a connection here, if you're turned on by this, if you have a connection over here, then, then when you have a question, you want to search out the answer. It's a beautiful process. It's an amazing journey. It is one of the greatest journeys. When you have a real, when you when you're able to sink yourself into a real sugya, especially when it's something that 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 lights a fire on you, it's something that you 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 specifically feel and understand. When you have to really get out there and answer a question, and I can't tell you how many speeches I've made just off of starting with a good question. That, that I started with a good question and I started researching. Research. It yeah. is one of the, now maybe it's a personal thing, but that research is one of the most beautiful processes. It, it, it's so fulfilling. It's so beautiful. It's so broadening. You see and hear things you never knew. It, it's amazing. It's an amazing and the process. Why it feels so good. But go out and learn. And the reason why Yossi. Go out and learn. And what I said before, you're right. I, I, it, was, it was on a podcast we did before where, where I said you could just Google, you know, what do you call it? Don't do that. Go learn. Go learn. If your extent of learning is just sitting there, is just sitting there listening to one-minute clips of me, of me <laughs> you're, you're not learning. You're not learning. That's for a cute idea for you to say on your Shabbos table. Or at a moment of weakness, it can inspire you maybe to pick you up. But that's not learning. Brought to you by the meaningful minutes. It's offensive minutes. to me to think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's offensive to me. It's offensive to me to think that I get encapsulated in a minute. It, it's, it's, it's so crazy. Go learn. You need to learn. You need to go learn. And, uh, but I don't, I don't like Gamara. First of all, you never learn Gamara then. Second of all, so what? So what? So start with something else. Start with something that you do like. Start with something you do like. Start with something that, you, that, that will lift you up, that will pick you up. Start with something that matters to you. I've never seen anyone. Ari, correct me if I'm wrong over here. I messaged Avi the other week, okay? I messaged Avi. I wanted to know. I, I, I messaged Avi. Oh, oh, here we go. Ari, you ready? Gosh. I'm about to get in trouble. You ready for this? I messaged Avi last week, really only because, not that my brother Avi is a big time chacham, I wanted him to ask his wife... <laughs> A halacha question for me, because Mrs. Ahava Ben Shushan, 
who was f- uh, formerly uh, uh, Mrs. Zahav Abadi, Rabbi Abadi's daughter, um, knows more halacha than I'll ever know, knows more halacha than most paiskim that I know will ever know. And it was a very specific kashras question that I knew she had the lowdown and information on. So I asked Avi, and so it was something about blending uh, vegetables, whatever. So I, I sent it to Avi, and Avi goes, what's the problem? <laughs> so I said, Avi, stop being a halacha Jew for five seconds, okay? I don't know what the problem is, okay? I don't know the halachas over here. I don't know the thing. When you're a halacha person, right, when you're a, when you're a, and you're so deep into that thing, you you start living in a different reality. They're like, I don't even understand what the what the issue is. There's a certain high. There's a certain beauty to being delved into your own sugya, into your own thing that 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 gets you going. So, like my brother Avi or his wife's Avi, they're they're, they're my sister-in-law's Avi. She she knows so much about these things because she gets so delved into that that topic. Um, uh, and, and and so many people, so many other things. Right, my wife knows more halachas on sneas on the general concept of sneas than I will ever know because it's a pet peeve of ours that you need to delve in and you'll find yourself by the way uh-huh. when you have a sugya that that does something for you let's say let's say you're you're a girl out there and it's sneas let's say you're a guy out there and it's hilcha shabbos right it's hilcha shabbos because everyone's going crazy about shabbos or, or it's zmatfil whatever and you go into that sugya you find yourself as a jew you, after doing that for a month, really delving into a sugya, for, it doesn't even have to be a month, after delving into a sugya for a month, I want to walk up to you and I want to ask you, so um, is there a God or is it, you're just going to look at me and be like, stop wasting my time. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something so much bigger than, than, than your silliness right now. Oh, but I want to know because if there isn't, then I really want to go to this party. Like, just stop, stop. What, what I'm in right now is so, is so beautiful, so wonderful. Not worrying about your narishkeit. I, I'm not. I don't want to worry about your. Now I'm not saying that people's philosophical questions narishkeit. Saying to that person, you get to such a comfortable place where you're like, forget all that. Forget all that. That I. I I'm sorry. I wasted that. I'm sorry. I wasted that time. I really need to know the difference between Bayrer and and uh, and Marakade on certain. Like then all of a sudden you start. You start. Your 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 level has gone up in your understanding of reality. Take a sugya. Take anything. And nowadays the beautiful part is. You don't. You could find a share on anything, but you can also find the safer. Go. You know how much. You know the unsung heroes of Klai Yisrael. I'm sorry, I'm ranting over. You know unsung heroes of Klai Yisrael. To me, work in two places: Svarm stores and Eitzer Svarm. These guys know so yeah. much. You could go in there and say, "I I'm Svarty, and I need something on you know Hilchas uh, uh, Shatnas. That's." Uh, you know, written within the past, and they were like, "Actually, you will, ha- yeah, you will have whatever you need. Get a chavrusa and learn through yeah. it. You know, I mean, you know how many, you know how many kills there are all over the place that are willing to supp- supply you chavrusa. Hundred percent. If you're not doing that, it's because you're not actually interested. Uh, stop wasting your time. Stop wasting everyone else's time. Yes. If you're really interested. Go out there, get a chavrus and uh, learn. So look, we, we, well, we are at the end of this episode. Baruch Hashem, that we got to talk about. Which was about questions. No, well, it was about questions, but 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 I think that we defined that where the questions will many times stem from yeah. is from a place where a person has to learn it up. You're going to say, yeah, you can't learn it up. Right. So then you got to make time to learn it right. up. I mean, that's the purpose, the reason. Well, Ari, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. There is one. There was. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. But there is one point. I I I just know I'm going to forget, and and I really have to say, in the episode before this, we uh, I, I think it's going to be the episode before this. We said uh, we called the episode "There's Nothing Like Shabbos." Quoting our father. There's another quote from our father that I I feel I feel I really wanted to bring in over here. Ari, what did Abba say to you every time if he was home when we were leaving to school? What would he say? Go ahead. I'm here. He would always say to me, always say to me, make sure to ask the Rebbe a lot of questions. Every single time I would always say, ask the Rebbe a lot of questions. Ask the Rebbe a lot of questions. The the theme over there is so important. I don't, I didn't mean to sound in any, at any point, because I knew I was going to sound like that, that questions are foolish or silly or, or you should go find your own answers. Ask. Ask, ask, away, ask, ask, but, ask, 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 But ask. the point of it all is, and yes, I got to go now in like a minute. I have PTA actually that I have to go yeah. talk to parents in like the next 90 seconds. But to finish this off, of course we ask, keep on sending the emails, but just know that you yourself can become a giver or a giveret by going, finding, researching. It's such a fun, it's such an invigorating part. And yes, I want to finish off with this one thought. I have a lot of shirim on evidence of God. I do. I've stolen them from Aisha Torah. I'll say it without any kind of embarrassment. <laughs> evidence of God with all the different proofs. Absolutely not. Discovery yeah, yeah, seminar. Discovery seminars and everything else. But to be honest, the dirty dark secret that um, I think shouldn't be such a secret is simply this. Anybody's gone through a sugi or two enough of seeing how vast the Torah itself is, like you were saying with Bo or Moroccan. Anybody's gone through the sugi enough will say that no human being could possibly have had this, made this. And that the endless aspect of go. it, the infinite reach that it has, is something so unbelievable that when you get lost in yeah. the Yam Shel Torah, when you get lost inside that ocean of waves just crashing over you of Hashem's brilliance, that's enough alone that's going to probably answer up most of your questions without a detailed answer, but with an ultimate objective truth, which is that it has to be right. that there's an Abish so well there yeah. in this world. Okay, yes, Chazaku Baruch. So well Everybody, thank you so much for listening. I'm Ari Ben-Shushan. I'm Yassi Ben-Shushan, and this has been, has been the Two Cents Podcast. Take care, guys. <laughs>